Welcome to the Discover True Treasure podcast. I'm your host, Angela. Today, we are going to continue our study of the book of Galatians by reading verses 17 through 24. If you missed last week's episode, feel free to go back and listen to it. However, it is perfectly fine to listen to the episodes out of order. I believe that each episode can stand on its own. During last week's episode, we read Paul's account of how he received the gospel of grace, and we learned more about Paul's background. A key takeaway for me was knowing that despite of my past and my weaknesses, I, like Paul, have been called to be a partaker of the Lord's marvelous grace, even before I was born. Also, during last week's episode, I mentioned that the Lord often uses the weak and despised in this world to confound the wise and the mighty. I find it so encouraging to know that what we think disqualifies us actually qualifies us to partake of the Lord's grace so that no flesh may glory in his presence. Okay. During this week's episode, we are going to read about what Paul did during the first few years after his conversion. I hope you're ready to study the Word of God. Let's begin today's lesson. Let's begin the study by reading verses 17 through 24 of chapter one. So we are going to be finishing chapter one of the book of Galatians during this episode. I am going to read these verses from the New Living Translation, but I will probably refer to these verses in the King James Version as well. Verse 17. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away into Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Then, three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that what I am writing to you is not a lie. After that visit, I went north into the provinces of Syria and Cilicia. And still, the churches in Christ that are in Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew was that people were saying, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy and they praised God because of me. Okay, now that we've read the scriptures, let's start making some general observations about each verse. Before we get into verse 17, I want to quickly return to verse 16 because both of these verses are actually connected. You'll see in the King James Version that verse 16 ends with a colon instead of a period. So briefly, in verse 16, Paul simply mentions that after God chose to reveal Jesus in him so that he might preach Jesus to the heathen, or you could say to the Gentiles, he did not immediately rush out and confer with flesh and blood. 
Or you could say that he didn't rush out and meet with any human being, anybody. And in verse 17 here, Paul gives us more information by telling us that he did not go to Jerusalem to meet with the other apostles. Instead, he went to preach the gospel. Now, that's not what it says here, but that's what he did. He says that he went into Arabia and he even returned to Damascus. And he went, if you go to the book of Acts, you'll see that he just straight away went about his mission. He was commissioned to bear Jesus's name. He was commissioned to bear his message. And that is what he did. All right, let's continue with verses 18 and 19. And here in these verses, Paul tells us that he waited three years before he went to Jerusalem. So that's a little bit of time there. And he said that when he got there, he went to see Peter and he stayed with him for 15 days. And he tells us he didn't meet with any other apostle except James, the Lord's brother. So I can imagine that when Paul went to meet with Peter, I can just envision Paul just telling Peter all about his conversion experience and telling Peter about all of these wonderful mysteries that were revealed unto him, mysteries of, of um, the gospel, of God's mysterious plan to reveal Christ to the Gentiles and just telling Peter about all of this wonderful revelation that he received. And I believe that they really got to know each other a little bit. And so I find it interesting that when Paul returns to Jerusalem and we will be reading uh, in chapter two, that he returns to Jerusalem 14 years later after this visit that he's talking about here. And he goes up to Jerusalem with um, his partners, Barnabas and Titus, and they are going to speak to the Jewish leaders about this matter that keeps coming up. Should the Gentiles keep the law of Moses? Now, of course, Paul knows that they should not. Uh, and um, we'll talk about that next next episode. But anyway, so Paul returns to Jerusalem and he's in this meeting with Jewish leaders and Peter, he just boldly stands up and he supports Paul and the preaching of the true gospel. And I just love what he said. And so actually, you know what? I want to read what Peter said in that meeting. So we can find his words in chapter 15 of the book of Acts in verses 7 through 12. So let me just go ahead and quickly read that. And he reads, And when there had been much disputing, disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Mm, that is so powerful. And that confirms what we have already studied in chapter one of the book of Galatians, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the grace of Christ. So this makes me think that Peter's revelation, if you read in the book of Acts, you know that Peter's revelation of the Lord's grace being extended to the Gentiles is something that had to grow. It's something that the Lord had to reveal to him. The Lord told him, don't, 
don't call anything I've made uncommon or unclean. And there was this one account where the Lord commissioned Peter to preach to a Gentile named Cornelius and his entire household. And when Peter preached to these Gentiles, he saw with his own eyes as he preached the good news of Jesus Christ and the Gentiles believed it by faith and they received it, the Lord gave them the Holy Spirit. And so I say that to say that we should be encouraged that as we look to Jesus, as we continue to look to Jesus, our revelation of him will grow. Paul even encourages us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, because I don't believe anyone on this earth has a full and complete understanding of the Lord Jesus and his grace. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, we are. The moment we believe by faith, we believe on Christ. We believe in his finished work. At that very moment, we are sealed in the Holy Spirit. We are complete in Christ. We are sanctified and we are made righteous. But I'm not talking about our standing in Christ, which is unchangeable. It will never change. I'm talking about that while we're in these bodies, <laughs> we our understanding of the depth, the depths of the multitude of riches and wisdom and knowledge that are in Christ, they that our understanding has to grow. And as that revelation grows, we will see on the outside, it will be evident on the outside, it will be evident in the way we live our lives because we will live our lives according to that revelation that has been revealed on the inside of us of who we are in him. You can only live according to your understanding of who you are. If you are a believer who believes that you are condemned that your sins have not been fully paid for, that you believe that, you know, some believers believe that up to the point of salvation, all of their past sins have been forgiven. But now they they live their lives um, with this uh, belief that they can lose their salvation, that their salvation isn't secure. They live their lives with this cloud of condemnation over them. You will see that that's how they live their lives. You will see them struggle in, in lots of areas and even in sin because they're living with a mistaken identity. Their revelation of Christ is this little baby knowledge of Christ. They, they have not grown and their revelation of Christ, and um, and it becomes evident. Well, in the same way, those of us who read his word with a desire to see more of Christ in the scriptures, our revelation of who we are in Christ grows, and it becomes evident in the way we live our lives. So let's just go back to the verses. Let's uh, move on to verse 20. And here, Paul affirms that what he is saying is true. And he says, God knows that I am not lying. And so Paul writes this actually in another epistle. He says that he is not lying. In fact, it is Romans 9, 1. Paul says, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscious conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. And even in the book of Colossians, in chapter 3, verse 9, he says, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Notice that lying is a part of our old man. And 
So I believe, okay, so Paul tells the believers in Galatia in chapter one, he tells them about his past. He says, I persecuted the church. I tried to destroy it, to waste it. He tells them that God revealed Jesus Christ in him. He says he was called to be an apostle, not by man, not by some human authority, but that he was called by God and by Jesus Christ. He, he says, I believe he's saying all of these things to make a case that he is trustworthy, that the Lord has called him and that these believers in, in the, the churches of Galatia can trust him because he is going to be telling them about the difference between law and grace. He's going to tell them why the law was given, what his purpose was, and he's going to talk about grace, and he's going to talk about what it means to fall from fall from grace, and he's going to have some strong words for them, and I believe that he is making a case that he can be believed, he can be trusted. Okay, let's move on to verses 21 and 22. And so in 21, it simply tells us that after meeting with Peter, Paul went on to Syria and Cilicia, and no doubt he just continued to preach the good news. And in verse 22, Paul tells us that the churches of, of Judea did not know him personally. So I believe that most certainly they knew him by name, but they had never met him. They didn't even know what he looked like. And if we go to verses 23 to 24, it continues this thought here and it says that nevertheless, when the believers in the churches of Judea learned that the one who formerly persecuted believers was now preaching faith in Christ, the faith which he once tried to destroy, as a result, they glorified God and Paul. So they glorified God, didn't say they glorified Paul, but they knew that only God could have performed such a miracle. And it just makes me think, of the fact that there is nothing like seeing the transformation of someone you knew before they knew Christ and seeing their lives after they accept Christ. You know that that transformation in that person's life is a miracle. And there is nothing in this world that can transform a person. It's only a revelation um, of Jesus Christ that can transform a person. And so even though we have at our disposal worldly techniques and we have uh, strategies that we can use to achieve, achieve a certain level of um, personal growth, um, you know, we can reach certain goals through self-effort, that is not transformation. Only Jesus Christ can transform a person's life. So I certainly understand how these believers, they praised and glorified God because I mean, Paul was now preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so now let's talk about how can we apply these verses to our lives. Now, like last week's episode, these verses are largely, uh, largely about Paul's background, but I believe that there is still something that we can glean from these verses and apply it to our lives. So I have one takeaway from the verses we just studied, and it is this, that the revelation of Jesus Christ results in undeniable transformation. So I got that mainly from verse 24. 
And basically, I believe that there will be evidence in our lives that we are believers. There will be evidence in our lives that we have been transformed. I know I have often experienced in the workplace that as my coworkers got to know me, they expressed that there was just something different about me and they weren't able to put their finger on it, but they just knew that there was something different. Now, I did not go around being weird and saying hallelujah every other word or saying praise God (laughs) all the time. I am not advocating that. Uh, We certainly shouldn't be uppity or we should not act as if we are holier than thou and put people down and be judgmental or condescending. None of that. I just believe that there is something about our lives and the way we present ourselves that is noticeably and beautifully different from the world. So I remember this one time in the workplace where I believe it was a Monday morning. And as I came in, one of my coworkers told me that my face was glowing. Now, I remember that on Mondays, my coworkers were particularly grumpy. So it really stood out that I would be bright and cheerful in the morning. And this one, like I said, coworker, she actually approached me and told me that my face was glowing. And I don't remember what I said in response, but I do know I thought about it later. And I believe that our faces do shine. And this person, she wasn't a believer. This I'm talking about an unbeliever who discerned something in me. I believe that the light of the Lord Jesus Christ, who lives in us by his spirit, that he makes our countenance bright. And so I believe that a revelation of Jesus Christ results in undeniable transformation. Transformation like Paul. Paul was undeniably transformed to the point where people glorified God in him. And I love talking about his transformation. So bear with me. <laughs> Let me talk about his transformation once again. Let's just go through it really quickly. How do you go from being a person determined to hunt down believers and arrest them? And on your way to do just that, you meet the Lord, you hear him, you believe on him, and you're converted. And straight away, you start boldly, I mean boldly, at the risk of persecution, at the risk of death you start boldly preaching the very message that you were trying to destroy. Now that's transformation. And only a revelation of Jesus, Jesus Christ, can bring about such a transformation. So applying that to our lives, I believe that as we get more revelation of Jesus Christ by seeing Christ in the scriptures, I believe that as our revelation of Jesus grows, so does our transformation. Now, when I say so does our transformation, I'm really talking about so does 
the way we live our lives transform because as our the way we see ourselves on the inside, as we understand more of our identity of who we are in Christ, we live that out. I believe we we live it out. And so, yes, a complete work has been worked in us, but we have to work out. We work out what has been worked in and we work it out by believing. Remember, our work is always believing. It's believing and the fruit of believing is all of this stuff that you can see on the outside, um, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit. Uh, so believers and non-believers will be able to see that. So as our revelation of Jesus Christ grows, so does our transformation. So that is my takeaway, that the revelation of Jesus Christ results in undeniable transformation. Okay, for the meditation scripture this week, I have chosen Galatians 1.24. Now, if you're new to the podcast, I like to choose a meditation scripture to meditate on, to repeat to myself, to think about throughout the week. And sometimes I choose a complete verse. Other times I may choose just a portion of a verse. So for this week, again, I have chosen Galatians 1.24, and I'm going to read that from the King James Version. And it reads, and they glorified God in me. So I chose this scripture because I never want to lose my awe of the transformative power of God. May it never get old for us when we see someone get saved and we witness the transformative power of God at work in someone's life who has accepted Jesus Christ. And I also pray that people would glorify God in us when they perceive the power of the Lord's grace in our lives as well. Okay, so let's conclude this Bible study with a prayer. Would you please join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for the transformative power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you that our lives have been transformed and that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. I pray that our revelation of Jesus Christ would grow more and more so that people will see more of our miraculous transformation and glorify you in us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, friends, please join me next week as we will continue our study of the book of Galatians by reading verses one through five of chapter two. Yes, we will be on chapter two. If you have a prayer request or comment, or if today was the day that you believed on Jesus Christ and put your faith in his finished work for your eternal salvation, please leave me a message. I would love to hear from you. Also, if you were blessed by this Bible study, please subscribe to the podcast and tell others about it. Until next time, rest in the assurance that you are valuable and dearly loved by our Heavenly Father 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you.